Welcome to episode 8 of the Bermuda podcast. We're doing a special podcast this week and our guest is Ali Warnock, Bermuda's starfly half. <laughs> Ali, first just a few questions about how this season's gone. Obviously we've had a couple of disappointing defeats in, in the last few weeks. How's morale on the side? Uh, I think it was, it's been a pretty difficult start to the season. Uh, again, once once again for the second season in the bounce, we've got a really young squad and it takes a bit of time to gel. A few new players coming in again. Uh, last couple of weeks have been pretty hard to take. Uh, three points at, or two points at Melrose and three against Curry this week. Uh, pretty bitterly disappointing because I think there are games on another day bounce of a ball we could have potentially won them um, but morale's still pretty high uh, I think in each of the games I think 1-3 lost 4 in each of the 4 we've lost we've picked up a bonus point so we're not we're not far off um, it's just turning, turning the screw every yeah. now and again and taking the, that chance Yeah, certainly it's a step forward from where we were last season where we were kind of losing quite heavily to the better teams in the league yeah oh, I think um, we're a lot more uh, competitive this year I think certainly up front, the forwards on Saturday had a had a great performance in my mind, and uh, I think maybe the backs maybe let them down, uh, unfortunately. But it's, it's been a long, long time since I've seen a curry pack pushed over their own line. Uh, disappointingly, I, I don't know how we, we didn't score <laughs> score the try, but that, no, that's life. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of as you mentioned, a lot of young players. There's a lot of talent in the squad. Is Problem now, just how we're going to kind of keep them away from the clutches of other sides to, to kind of realise that potential. Uh, I think it's always difficult because young guys, you've got you've got to be ambitious and you've got to respect their decision if they want to move on to bigger and better things. You have to respect that because they're trying to maybe make a career out of it, or do the best yeah. they can out of it. Um, there's a few young guys involved in Edinburgh with Edinburgh at the moment who I think are incredibly talented guys. And there's other guys just on on the periphery of that. I think could be really, really good uh, club men over the years if we can look after them and keep them at the club and make, make them part of it. Yeah. And kind of moving on to your own career, you arrived at Birmingham back in 2001 for the first time, kind of into a very successful side that had won the cup the previous two years, and you were kind of stepping into the shoes of Calvin Howarth, who'd been a very successful standoff for the club. Was it a lot of pressure for, for a young player as you were at the time? Uh, it probably was I don't know if you, you realise it so much at the time obviously I knew I had big, big shoes to fill with Calvin heading off to I think it was Edinburgh at the time uh, and obviously Birmingham had come so close to winning the league and won the cup the previous two years so uh, it was I think I was 20 when I first came so I was uh, a bit of a young pup and the good thing was I was one of the youngest guys in the team coming into a more experienced team at the time I think and a team that was on the up uh, Whereas at the moment we're very much rebuilding. Uh, slightly one of the older older guys in the team now. <laughs> Disappointing the last few weeks being the oldest guy in the pitch. Uh, uh, done that to you. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I think um, there was pressure, but at the same time you, you've got to attack that and uh, yeah. take it on board and do the best you can. Certainly, I mean, from remembering watching it, it was a very exciting team to watch. You know, bottom year have always had the tradition of playing attacking rugby and that was probably the height of it in recent years was it a fun team to play in? Oh, without a doubt it was what, you went out every week and you enjoyed it and that was the key and you know you, you enjoy it even more when you're winning but uh, even if you're pushing teams close but you're playing attractive good rugby 
uh, that's the kind of stuff that you love. Like I um, get pretty frustrated when we're playing a kicking game all the time. Yeah. Saturday was maybe an example of that with the conditions, but uh, I think rugby's changed quite a lot over the ten or eight years or so. Um, defenses are a lot more on top. They're a lot more organised, so I think there's a lot of uh, pressure to play territorial yeah. uh, and play rugby in the right areas of the pitch now. And it was certainly a period where Burnmuir continued the success. I mean, in your first season we won the Melrose Sevens and second we won the league. They must be good memories to look back on. Oh, well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you really appreciate it at the time. Certainly the Melrose Sevens. Um, it was my first time playing down there. I think we rocked, rocked up with eight players and got a couple of boys to come down uh, later on in the day and we, we literally just went out and enjoyed it yeah. uh, we went out enjoyed won the first game everybody was having a bit of a laugh uh, I think Mikey Blair got a player of the tournament that, that day and he was incredible I don't think he missed a tackle as a sweeper the whole day near Rory Cooper James Riley David Cunningham as well <laughs> like guys like that all playing really good sevens that day and I think everybody just lived for it. Beat the Babas in the semis, and then Scottish Thistle in the Friday final. And no, nobody's seen Burmuir come. See, yeah. Seen that happening. The atmosphere when you get back at the club. Uh, fortunately, I've never uh, never managed to win the cup with uh, Burmuir, but certainly that night after the sevens was was something special. Yeah, and probably the one match from the league winning campaign that sticks out in my mind is is the one where we actually won the the, the title at Heriots, and you did something which perhaps you've not been known for in your career and slotted over a couple of drop goals early on um, I mean looking back was it, was that one of the best teams you've played in at the the amateur level yeah, I think it probably was um, you had some really really good players at the time <coughs> I was lucky enough uh, I think the, you'll be in the league with Chris Cusser or 9 and had Lindsay Graham Satchi at 12 and I think Satch was still 26 when we were playing. But now, Satch was an incredibly experienced guy and took a lot of pressure off me. Um, and probably made me look a little bit better than I actually was. <laughs> but we had like some posting attackers out wide. We had Rory Cooper, we had Malcolm um, and James Riley. So you take all that into the equation. We were quite a potent team, I think, at the time. And it all comes down, again, it comes down to enjoyment of it. I mean, was it always an ambition of yours to, to step up to the pro game? Or was it kind of something that happened? No, I think uh, it was always an ambition. And then as soon as it turned pro, I think I was maybe, <laughs> maybe 13, 14 at the time. Uh, I think it turned pro initially and I thought, ah, that's what I want to do, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, unfortunately, I was lucky enough to get the opportunity. Uh, maybe, in hindsight, didn't take every opportunity that was uh, given to me, but no, that's just the way it is. It from time to time, and you get to uh, just roll with it. To be honest, yeah. I mean, th- there was a lot of Scottish players who stepped up to Edinburgh Borders and Glasgow, who maybe weren't given the chance to shine that they might have done. Um, there was a lot of players being signed up, and possibly too many for for the games that were being played. Did you ever feel that you weren't given a fair shot, particularly in in, in the Scottish sides? Um. It's quite a difficult question. Um, the first year, I think it was a it was a World Cup year, um, and I was actually lucky enough. I got 
I think I started maybe 10 games for Edinburgh that year and was on the bench a fair bit um, just with boys being away and uh, so actually I really enjoyed it um, the following year I uh, was part of the Scotland development set up and got moved down to the borders to get game time uh, and actually I think I started I think something like 17 or 22 games and was on the bench for the rest of them and then I didn't uh, didn't uh, get renewed my contract so it was, <laughs> a, it was a bit of an interesting one uh, to this day I don't know why but no, I've, I've probably given the opportunities um, I, I maybe never took them maybe uh, face doesn't fit sometimes uh, but so you move on yeah. uh, I don't hold any grudges uh, I, I enjoyed I've played professional rugby for about 7 years so I enjoyed every minute of it yeah, I mean th- there was one game I think when you were down at the borders where you beat Edinburgh at Netherdale I suppose was that kind of a bit of a point to be made yeah, I think everybody at the borders had a, a point to prove uh, we were sort of seen as the, the poor relation of the three three teams at the time and there, there was never any any doubt about the, the heart uh, the, the, the borders team went out with every week um, we maybe didn't have the, the same amount of talent as the other teams and the budgets potentially as well but there was never an, ever any doubt about the heart and you know what if a team doesn't come up and give 100% you're going to get turned over uh, that was maybe the case uh, with Edinburgh that, that evening uh, I think it was actually it was New Year as well so it's a perfect <laughs> way to <laughs> bring in the New Year but nah I would, I would always say if, if any team turns up and doesn't give 100% you're vulnerable yeah. Um, from the borders you, you moved down to English rugby with Nottingham was it a difficult move to make kind of moving away from friends and family and kind of out of a comfort zone it was it, incredibly it wasn't actually it was more of a okay this is a life experience let's change it and, um, yeah it was maybe out of a comfort zone of being well within an hour or so yeah. with my parents and bits and pieces but no I, I really enjoyed it I went down uh, everything got off to an absolute crack and start and uh, Something that something actually changed when I did move down. I was actually able or allowed to play with the sevens set up, uh, Scotland sevens. So uh, I was a Commonwealth Commonwealth Games year that year as well. So I uh, I made a decision to get involved with the sevens, and uh, Nottingham weren't overly happy at that. So uh, I did my sevens and played the Commonwealth Games, which I, th- I thought was a once in a lifetime opportunity, and I was never ever going to turn that down. So I, I probably. Uh, Hampered my uh, <laughs> my time with Nottingham and maybe in the 15s game for that year, but you know what? Yeah. I, w- I would I would not, I wouldn't change anything because I got the opportunity to play in a Commonwealth Games and represent Scotland there, so uh, that was that was a massive highlight. What would I mean? How different is the English game to the Scottish game? You know, it, it's kind of easy to, to to look at it from the outside and say that there's that there's distinct differences, but having played both at professional level. I think um, <coughs> certainly uh, I can't comment on the Premiership down south but certainly the Championship level uh, is pretty physical uh, the packs are tended, tend to be at that time whoever had the biggest pack probably won right. uh, there was maybe only a handful of teams that actually played an expansive or a wider game of rugby and you would see those teams would be mid-table or towards the top of the table <coughs> I think Bedford are absolute cracking example of that year in year out they don't have the biggest pack but they win enough ball yeah. and, they, and they play rugby and they, ha- they have a go 
Yeah, Cornish Pirates, I think, in the last couple of years have been a, a great example of playing that expansive game. And they're challenging, and I think this year they, they will be the team to possibly get promoted. Uh, certainly charging away at the top of the league at the moment. So um, the, the big thing was the, the physicality up front initially, uh, and even when I was down at Doncaster a couple of years ago, that was still very much the case. We we're, were tried to change it, and we were in the process of doing that. Uh, but it's difficult when teams have been doing it for years and years and years so just trying to retrain everybody else out of that yeah and I mean when you, when your time at Nottingham came to an end as you said those issues over the Scotland Sevens and, and you came back up to the Scottish club team did you think did you come back up with an ambition to get back in the pro game or did, did, was there a feeling kind of maybe that's it for me not very much so I think uh, at the time Edinburgh had just been taken over by uh, the Crothers brothers Alex and Bob and uh, Rob Moffat had been uh, just made the coach uh, the backs coach and I had a really good relationship with Rob through the sevens and uh, stuff like that so nah, I, made, I made a sort of conscious decision um, not to go abroad and actually come back up and try and get re-signed to Edinburgh uh, and luckily enough uh, Lynn Hills uh, was a coach and I actually got on really well with Lynn as well so I uh, sort of played of some like seven games uh, that season and re-signed at the end of that uh, haven't played for Curry <laughs> <laughs> might as well get that in <laughs> yeah I mean having played for a few years at Muir, having experienced success at, at Muir was it odd to A turn out for Curry and B turn out for Curry against Muir? It was, it was an interesting decision to make um, it was all about giving myself the best opportunity to uh, land that pro contract again uh, and at the time Curry were on a high uh, they just got to cup final the previous year I think they were the best sides after Christmas onwards and they've been building for a few years um, they, had a, they had a good 10 the previous year I think Donovan Roars uh, I never I've never seen him play <laughs> but from, from what gallery he was a, a real bloody good player and um, Mark Blair uh, used to play with the, the Borders he was one of the coaches uh, he was doing a bit of the, the forward stuff with Greco so he, he he basically tapped me up and said come along we've got a, we're, we're really going to challenge this year uh, so it, it was all about getting the best opportunity to turn pro again uh, and to be fair to Curry they gave, they gave me a really good platform uh, we won the league that year and luckily enough I, as I say I played over half a dozen games for Edinburgh in between <laughs> playing on a Friday night and come back playing with Curry on a Saturday so uh, yeah. it all worked out for what I wanted in the end and I think Curry got probably what they wanted out of it, a championship title <laughs> as well the first one yeah absolutely it must have been as you say it was Curry's first championship title it must have been a special thing for the club oh definitely um, it was something everybody sort of been working towards and they probably they weren't the most fashionable club at the time uh, I think over the last few years since They've actually played some uh, really good rugby, uh, big physical physical pack, and that sort of opens up uh, some space for the backs. But uh, yeah, at the time, when you came back the, the night after winning uh, the title, going heading back into the clubhouse, you could see what it meant to everybody. Uh, a few tears in the room from uh, some of the older older gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think there's there's one photo on the Curry website of of the kind of holding the banner saying. Scottish champions and, and it looks like a typical <laughs> Mullaney pitch you know kind of caked in mud yeah. was 
was it a difficult place to play or, or, or you know I mean as you say those they were possibly a more physical team than, than you were used to playing yeah. in Scotland um, I, I don't think the park really plays that big a deal in it that last day was absolutely horrific and any other day the game would have been called off but because it was the last game of the season and wanted it finished before Christmas it was a bit of a messed up season that year and he wanted it finished before Christmas that we ended up playing against Watsons and well, maybe three inches of water <laughs> a bit of snow, hail, sleet the, the lot it was a horrible day but uh, that was a typical grind it out get the win and get on with it and if you're going to win any league you have to grind out a lot of results um, and as you prove the first question today about uh, morale and uh, some close close defeats this year narrow defeats if you're going to win a championship you probably need to win those games uh, unfortunately we haven't and we've put ourselves in a bit of a the back seat at the moment and we're sort of chasing yeah stepping stepping back into the programme were you kind of more aware about taking those chances that were you more aware that you know you kind of had to perform when you were given the opportunity yeah you are if, if you've been there for even if you've been in the pro game for three or four years at one club and you maybe haven't got the regular games that you get you know that every every opportunity you do get could be your last um, so there, there is a pressure there and it's a difficult thing to to actually perform 100% when you haven't been playing yeah and I think that's the sort of conundrum Scottish rugby's got about getting all your professional players playing every week so that they are fresh and if they do come into the professional setup, they have to play and there's not, they're not representing Edinburgh or Glasgow for the last four weeks. How do you get them match fit? How do you, it's, and it's a skill level thing as well. So uh, you need, you know it could be your last chance, but to give yourself the best opportunity, you need to be playing week in, week out and hopefully that's where the clubs are uh, giving boys opportunity these days. Yeah. And obviously, again, you moved on from from Edinburgh down to Doncaster to work with Lynn Howells again, and there was quite a lot of Scottish community there. You know, there was, there was five or six players. Was that quite a nice way to to have a team? Yeah, um, Doncaster was a funny place because there ended up only being some maybe three local guys. Incredibly, there was there was maybe six Scottish guys, maybe eight, nine Welsh. Um, and a host of uh, English guys from around the country. Uh, <coughs> Doug has not a it's not a rugby hub. Uh, if anything, it's football and rugby league. Uh, rugby league's not even massive uh, there. So we had some we had some really good uh, two good backers behind the club, um, and they've invested quite heavily in it and the infrastructure. Uh, and hopefully that will set the club up in good stead for the future. But at the time, it, it's always good to see a friendly face or hearing an accent here or there <laughs> so that was I, I really enjoyed my time down there two, two really really good years and when your time at Doncaster came to an end were you looking for to, to stay in professional rugby or, or was it kind of a decision right that's that's done for me I'm going to move back And, and I think uh, around about the Christmas time January Christmas um, I decided that's, that was going to be my sort of last year um, I sort of started looking towards the future. What 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 could I do? What should I do? Um, and I, I got incredibly lucky. I came back up, uh, spoke to a few guys around Boromir, and I ended up landing a job, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was something that 
I, I love doing as well so sort of win win um, yeah. <clears throat> but no it was something at 28 I think it was probably about time to knock rugby in the head and I actually came to sort of sign up with Borum Muir again got a call and had a missed call on my phone on the way home heading back towards Bigger and <laughs> it was one of my mate's agents phoning me up saying do you want to move to Italy <laughs> <laughs> so that was a it was an interesting one but nah, yeah. I, I'd made my decision when I was coming back so I'm yeah. happy to do yeah. it is it ever a regret that you didn't pursue a kind of time abroad at any point I think um, to get the life experience would have been good yeah, and just experience a different culture and sort of embrace that but at the same time I would, I've had a great had a great time uh, let's say almost seven years playing professional rugby not many people get that opportunity and uh, I was pretty happy and privileged to be able to do it and obviously a lot's changed at Burnham Muir since you were first here you know the whole redevelopment having been away did you find it a very different club or was it still this, the same sort of atmosphere around um, <coughs> I think the new club has the old clubhouse had so many memories and uh, <laughs> the, if the walls could tell stories <laughs> um, but that, I think the new club when I first came back it wasn't the faces were the same but there maybe wasn't the same or the memorabilia, memorabilia up around the place wasn't it didn't feel like your your club yeah. to a certain extent I think that's that's improved dramatically over the last couple of years uh, coming back and being 8, 9 years older uh, slightly different as well there's a different onus on you and certainly on the pitch when you're one of your older, older chaps and all these 19, 20 <laughs> year olds are running rings around you but uh, no I think the club is certainly getting there at the moment um, it's great to see all the old faces again and have a beer with them to be honest and probably have more beers <laughs> with them now than I had the first time <laughs> and how has the club game changed whilst you've been away I mean, is this, frankly, the standard is probably a little bit worse, I would think, that, that, than when you initially came in and you had players like um, Lindsey Graham and, and Mike Blair. Um. Yeah, I think, um, it's kind of, I sort of alluded to it earlier on, I think defences have got a lot better. And um, it's maybe something the skill level hasn't improved to the same same level um, over, the, over the years, so... That maybe the, the scorelines aren't as high as they used to be, or the games maybe aren't as open, or maybe maybe not <laughs> even as exciting anymore. Uh, but that, I think that's maybe down to the skill level of the individuals as well. Uh, the defences have improved, but the attack has to improve with that. Um, and that's something we have to work on in training. There's no point in doing an attacking drill if the defence is half-hearted. You've got to match it 100% both ways, and the attack will get better, the defence will get better, for the attack getting better. Yeah. And it's a knock on effect that way. So um, I think the overall level, it probably has increased slightly. I think um, having the professional players and the, the academy players coming in and playing week in, week out, obviously, sort of bring other boys up, uh, the level of that up. So it maybe has increased, but I think. It, in terms of the excitement of it and the high scoring games they've, they've maybe gone to a certain extent with the improved defensive levels I reckon 
obviously, kind of, as you said, you know, you're, you're creeping on in tears. How long do you see yourself playing for? <laughs> That's a great question. I've had Malcolm Clapperton's jeans for <laughs> a couple of years. Um, I don't really know. Uh, I would never set a timeline on. I think uh, you speak to a lot of guys and they say they're a long time retired, and then you speak to a couple of other guys and say it's the best thing they ever did because they've given themselves a lot more freedom. Um, I also love rugby, love the game, so I want to try and keep playing for as long as I can. Um, maybe the body might give up before <laughs> that. <laughs> have you have, have you had any thoughts that that you might go into coaching or anything after you retire? It's certainly something I've been looking at at the moment. Um, I'm looking to get on the coaching courses, so I try and push that forward in the next couple of years, and uh, hopefully, one by the time I'm in the 30s, I might have a few badges <laughs> to my name. And kind of just finally, um, looking back over your whole career, you've played with some very, very good players, and you've played against some some good players. Are there any who stand out that you've played both with and against as kind of you know, yeah, that was that was special. Um, Certainly players to play with, I think, uh, I've always said this, I think Mikey Blair is an incredibly talented guy, I think uh, he has so much to offer, he's a guy that can change the game in an instant, uh, Chris Cusser, another guy, slightly different from Mikey, but a guy that can change the game, uh, and both from half, so we give him perfect <laughs> service, so, that, so that's ideal. Uh, looking back, I think it's probably a privilege playing with uh, Chris Patterson, uh, most cap Scottish player these days so look at that and I think Scotty Murray was a incredible guy um, Todd Blackadder just for an inspirational sort of leader um, in terms of playing against people I always found Scott Gibbs as being uh, <laughs> the <laughs> toughest opponent um, short, short barrel <laughs> sort of stepping his way around uh, wasn't you really started one of my worst games of, of my career down at the Ospreys <laughs> once um, I think Certainly one of my highlights was I always used to watch Hong Kong Sevens eh, when I was a kid and I was watching Serevi and saying oh, I'd love to play at Hong Kong, I'd love to play against Serevi and I actually did both at, <laughs> at Hong Kong so uh, that was probably I think uh, one of my highlights was certainly playing against Serevi in Hong Kong. Excellent, well thanks very much. Thank you very much, cheers. Mm-hmm.